Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 30, Sasha interviews plastic and reconstructive surgeon, Dr. Sabeel Val. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host, Sasha Shilkut, and I'm really excited to have a dear friend on the show today who's also just an incredible physician and empower of others. And she's just a really special guest and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. But before we get to the guest, I want to answer a question from the audience. This is Dr. N and she says, I would love to come to the conference, but I am feeling like there is not enough time to actually get to meet people. This is a really interesting question. (laughs) I love these questions about the conference because everybody comes to conferences for different reasons. Um, You are in the right place if you want to actually meet people because we do have definitely continuing medical education sessions scheduled in small groups. We have some specific afternoon sessions scheduled that are optional, but you will get to meet people. We have one night free for dinner for you to meet up with others. Um, and that is after we have a networking event. So you're definitely going to get plugged in the first night. You have a free night dinner on your own. And then we have the dance and the dance and dinner is really fun. It's a bunch of women just getting together and celebrating ourselves and other women in medicine. And so, yes, you will have some downtime. There is also an afternoon free and there's a spa on site. A lot of women last year went to the spa or or got their nails done or they went hiking uh, at Camelback. So if you're interested in the conference and you're not sure if you're going to have enough downtime, um, we really have built this conference to be relaxing and also fun at the same time. And so you will have some time off to enjoy yourself, take a nap in your hotel room. You know, I know how many busy moms are coming and they just want to escape. So you definitely will have that time. So thank you for that question, um, Dr. N. And if you want to find out more about the conference, you can go to braveenoughconference.com. So now for our guest, I have the wonderful honor of having a good friend of mine who is a fellow physician in Atlanta, Georgia, Dr. Sabeel Val on our show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Val. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to chat. I know. I love chatting with you. I always laugh because you and I waste no time. <laughs> we always get to, we get down to business. <laughs> like there's no like, how are you? How's this? How are the kids? Like whenever you and I talk, we just get right to it. So I wanted to have you specifically on the show today because I have found you to be a really great voice for other women who are going through struggles, who are facing adversity, or who are just feeling like they're not enough. So that is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today. And today we're going to talk about the me in medicine. But first, introduce yourself to us. Tell us who you are and where you are and what you're all about. Um, So as you said, I am Dr. Sabil Val. Um, but apart from being Dr. Sabeel Val, I'm really Sabeel Val, Sydney's mom, Adonis's mom, Rudy's wife, you know, my sister's sister and my friend's friend. Um, I am a plastic surgeon. I'm in private practice, um, in Atlanta. 
Um, but I really do think that at the core of who I am is who my friends are and who my family is. I love that. I love that. So there's more to you than your physician identity. Oh, yes. My physician identity is one of the many great things that I am. Um, but I think that I can only be a great physician if I'm a great me. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about the me in medicine, because oftentimes we spend so much time in training, so much time taking care of others, that the me in medicine really gets lost. But it's important to understand that it's not a selfish me. It's a community me. It's me and community, me and my family, me and my community, um, and me as myself, obviously. But um, it's not me in a selfish manner. I love that. So talk to us about your journey in medicine and when you came to this realization that it's not just about serving others. Um, So, you know, like many others, I wanted to help people. And from a very young age, I felt that being a physician would be the way that I would contribute in, in community and that I would serve and help other people. Um, and of course, it means a lot of what it means for you and a lot of what it means for a lot of people, you know, working hard, um, putting in the time, the training to, excuse me, putting in the time and training to become a physician. Um, but I found a couple of years ago, I was asking myself during the process of becoming a physician, was I fully aware of who I am and who I was as a human being, you know, as just Sabil, not as the person who was eventually going to become a doctor. Um, and I find that a lot of us are really growing and figuring out who we are as we're becoming physicians. And sometimes it's not until we're, excuse me, um, it's not until we are faced with a problem that we're really figuring out who we are, how strong we are, how capable we are, whether it's a divorce, whether it's having children, whether it's trying to, you know, balance it all, that we really start to ask ourselves, who am I? And I really believe that if we took the time, even before medicine, to figure this out, it would really make us better physicians. Now, of course, um, it doesn't mean, okay, you know, it's, <laughs> we're doomed. What it means is the sooner we can figure out that we need to take this time and and discover ourselves, the sooner we could function in our best capacity as a physician. Um, and I think that's been my goal for myself for the past, I'd say about six years. Um, everything from deciding on why I was getting married to why I was having children required me to really think of who I am. You know, why am I doing these things, period, and why am I doing them as a physician? Yeah, I. it's interesting how you describe it as a journey. And I feel like uh, I've, I also describe it as a journey of, of becoming my best self, because I think sometimes we think like, Oh, we're going to figure this out. We're going to meet the right person. We're going to land the right job. We're going to, you know, get the next thing. Cause so much of medicine is the next thing, right? It's training, it's training to be a medical student and then it's getting to medical school and then it's becoming a resident and then a fellow and then an attending. And it's all the next thing. And at some point it's hit me that like, this is an entirely long journey that, um, when all of a sudden you don't have the next thing and you're not completely satisfied with your life, you realize that, okay, 
it's not about finding the next thing. It's about finding and discovering who I am. And it, and it takes some time. It's not something that's just going to happen, you know, when you suddenly reach your goal weight or <laughs> suddenly, right. you know, get the right person. It's like, it's, it's like a total journey. Um, and it's hard, I think for us as physicians to be okay with that constant, like that journey, don't you think? Cause we're such outcome-based people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I completely agree. It is hard for us, but I also think there isn't room for it because we spend so much time trying to get to the next point that there isn't really room to sit back and reflect and discover who you are. There's, you know, I got to go, got to go, got to go, you know, next rotation, you know, next um, hospital service. And the next thing you know, oh, it's been five years or, oh, it's been, you know, four years and now you're done. What's next? You know, it's always what's next. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Yep. And I think it's also we have such delayed gratification, like, well, we're eventually going to going to have a salary. We're eventually going to get to take that vacation. We'll eventually get to have a house. We'll, you know, everybody else around us is kind of building their lives at a time where we're still putting things on hold. And I think Mm -hmm. it, I think we, we often can fantasize that like when we get out and we finally get all these things, we're going to be happy. And I see a lot of people other physicians around me who are really unhappy when they, when they get to that level, because it's, it is, it's a realization, like you said, of like, very rarely do we stop and go, okay, what am I supposed to be learning at this stage about myself? Right. 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 And you know, it's interesting because, um, a couple of years ago, I remember, um, you know, speaking to a couple of female physicians, um, and even when I was in general surgery training, I remember speaking to um, some female attendings um, then. And even though they were doing exactly what they wanted to do professionally, they loved operating. Um, a lot of them were just unhappy people. Um, and one of the things that I noticed back then was the concern about family. So a lot of the female surgeons did not have, you know, children or they were unmarried and it brought them a lot of dissatisfaction. So part of what I thought was, well, you know, if that's the difference, then I want to make sure that I put in room for, you know, marriage and family. And then lo and behold, I meet female surgeons who are married with families and still unhappy. So (laughs) it it caused me to realize it wasn't about them being a female surgeon, them being married or them having children. It was just Mm -hmm. about happiness. And they were going through the process, but they weren't necessarily finding happiness because it wasn't something that's out there to find. Right. And it's like, you know, there's, I love, I don't know if you know who Sean Archer, I I never know how to say his name. I think it's Archer, but he talks about how he's, he's a scientist um, who studies the, the success of happiness. And it's really interesting because it's not the happiness of success. His whole, all of his research has shown that the most successful people are actually people that are happy there. It's not the opposite. It's not like, okay, I'm going to become successful. I'm going to have a successful marriage, successful kids, successful job, you know, X, Y, Z. And then I'm going to be happy. It's actually people who are, who, you know, really search for happiness and they are committed to waking up every day with gratitude and happiness. They become successful. So I've had to really, I know I've had to work on that because I think especially as a woman in medicine, I know that I, I just compare myself all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I compare myself to 
my male colleagues. I compare myself to my female colleagues who are successful or I'm constantly in the trap of comparison. And it's, it's really isolating when you do that. And so I want to, one of the things you said that I think was really interesting that I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit more about is that we don't, we don't take the time. Like how, how, when did you come to this realization? Like I needed to actually take the time to figure out who I am and why I'm doing all this. Um, gosh. I mean, you said it was a, it was a hardship or, you know, oftentimes it's when we're struggling that that happens. When did that happen for you? For me? Um, I think I've had a fair amount um, of struggles, but I think during, I think when I, when I was, when I got married in 2011, um, that was the first time that I started really thinking about, you know, who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Do I really you know, enjoy my, um, career? Do I enjoy the person that I am? Do I love being with me? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually, for as long as I could remember, I've always, um, put time to, uh, journal and to just spend time with me. I, I used to actually call it in college thinking time and it wasn't studying time. It was time where I would just really sit and think. And during my uh, medical school years and my residency years, I didn't have time for thinking time, you know? So I literally was just, you know, like everyone else, trying to go through the motions, trying to move to the next rotation, keeping your head above water for the most part. But after I got married, I actually um, carved out thinking time again. I remember when my husband and I were looking for an apartment, I specifically wanted a two-bedroom apartment. Um, because I wanted to be able to go into the other room and just think and just, you know, lay there and stare at the ceiling. Um, and it was during those um, times that I was really trying to figure out who I am, what I want to do, what I want my life to look like. And I would write it down. I would write down um, why, you know, at the time in 2011, I didn't want to have children. I wrote down why I didn't want to have children, you know, and I wrote down um, after speaking to my husband, why his ideas about children meant something to me. And then eventually, after really thinking through the process, you know, I now have two children. (laughs) (laughs) And they are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, it's it's really important for us to carve out that time to figure things out. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves staring at the mirror and not recognizing the person who's looking back at you. You know, wondering, why do I have these children? Did I really want children? You know, um, and I could have easily been become a parent that resents my children because initially I didn't want them. And if I didn't really think through the process, then I may feel as if I made a compromise. But because I really thought about it before going into it and eventually having two children, I kind of eliminate that possibility. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so powerful because essentially what you did was you self-coached and so, you know, you did, you did your own kind of self-coaching, um, through journaling and thinking. And I think so many times we were, you know, first of all, we're, we are, we're people who are determined to help others. So that in itself is a service. And so we, we really take on this, like, shield of, you know, I'm, I I don't know, or cape, like superwoman, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to help others. Mm -hmm. And then when we actually take time for ourselves, you know, so often I find myself hiding that, 
like someone will be like, Oh, what'd you do yesterday? And I'm like, Oh, I don't really want to tell them that, you know, I went for an hour long walk or I went to the spa because it's like, not, it's not like going to make me feel like a superwoman. But, you know, I, I think that for me, um, time with myself is one of the biggest gifts I can give for myself. And Mm -hmm. if, if I do not have routine time alone, I, my world and everyone around me starts to crumble and I'm not fun to be around. <laughs> like, you know, right. I get it. Um, I completely get it. but it's not something that we really say, wow, good, great job. You know, great job that you spent an hour by yourself journaling yesterday, Sabeel. That's awesome. Like that's mm-hmm. not given the same, you know, clout or, or respect as if someone, if you said, why well, did, you know, three surgeries yesterday, people are going to be like, good job you know, and yet mm-hmm. if you're a stressed out person, which I think medicine is a very stressful place, how can we, mm-hmm. how can we actually give, like you said, you know, become the best physician we can be. So what does, what do you do during the week to check in with yourself? Um, the first thing I must say is that I have an extremely supportive husband Um, and that was also not by accident. So because my husband, um, has always been loyal and supportive, I've always been able to explain to him exactly what it is that I need. And he understands the concept of me time, um, to the point where now he requests his own me time. (laughs) And of course I too understand it, but it's really nice to be able to, you know, have someone who understands what it is that you need and help you create it. Not just um, saying, okay, go get it, but they actually take an active role in helping you create it. Right. Right. I I like that. I think that's so important. Um, I just was listening to a podcast the other day and the person was saying that it was a super successful, like CEO of some fortune 500 company. And they asked the person, they asked him like, what, what do you think the most important piece of advice you ever received was? And he said, actually, I think the most, the the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life is who you, who you decide to spend your life with. And I was like, you know, that is so true because so much of, you know, we focus on like getting our kids. I know I have teenagers getting to them to school and getting them, you know, teaching them to get good grades and study habits. But I'm like, man, the biggest decision they're going to make is who they marry or who they spend their life with or who they choose to be with or not be with. You know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that is so vital to my own success. I think, and my own well being is, is having a supportive partner and, um, and, and making those needs known, you know, not just assuming that mm-hmm. like he gets it, like really having to work hard to say, I need you to help me with this, or I need you to help me, or I, you know, I need this is really valuable, or I need this hour alone or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so hard because when you're a physician and you're a mom, you feel guilty taking, I mean, naturally you want to spend time with your family and you feel guilty taking that time away. But it's, it's just like, if you cannot help yourself, you cannot help anyone else, you know? Right. That's absolutely true. And you know, there's, there isn't that much time when you're in training and you're trying to work all the time. Where's the time for you to really, you know, date and get to know someone, you know? So people don't really recognize the fact that even when you're making some of these decisions to be with someone, you're making them under stress. So they may not necessarily be the best decision. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, so, yes. you know, you really have to take the time to, to figure it out um, and 
carve out that me time and make sure that in the process of taking care of people, you really are taking care of yourself first. Yes, it's so it's so true. And yet, you know, I, I've tried to really be more. Um, I, I try to watch what I say when people are like, yeah, I went to, into this for myself because I find even myself being like, wow, like I wish I could do that. Well, that's not a very <laughs> encouraging thing to say. So I'm, I'm having to reframe my own thoughts too, because, you know, there is this kind of shame around if you are a woman and you practice self-care or if you're a man and practice self-care, but we need that time, you know? And if, if for me, self-care, I don't know what it, I'm interested to hear what you think self-care is because I, I just read something the other day on Twitter that people were bashing self-care and I thought, okay, what is self-care to me? To me, it's removing stress from my mind, body, and spirit, whether that's going to church, whether that's exercising, taking a walk, drinking a cup of coffee in silence and journaling, it's removing stress from my body. Um, so to me, that's not frivolous or, or silly or just a sign of someone who's a weak person. It's like a a physical act of removing stress from my mind, body, and spirit. So I'm interested to hear what you think about self-care. Like, you know, you're in the business of obviously helping women and and men feel better about themselves, but what do you, Mm -hmm. what do you think about self-care? So I really believe that self-care equals self-love. Um, and what's most important is realizing, um, that it's important to love yourself flaws and all so that you can take care of yourself. A lot of times we don't want to give ourselves the time or we don't want to give ourselves the opportunity to receive self-care because we don't think we deserve it. And then you have to ask yourself the question, why don't I deserve it? Why Mm -hmm. don't I believe, um, I deserve this day at the spa? Why don't I believe, um, I should spend X amount of money on this vacation for myself. And I, I think it comes down to self-love. Um, and once you really start taking the time to figure out, you know, how much you love yourself and actually rank it, you know, how much do you love you? Um, and not love in a sense of um, arrogance, but love in a humble sense. Um, and once you really try to figure out how much you love yourself, you'll realize some of the pain that you're causing yourself is because you, you're missing love in that area. And you'll realize some of the areas where you're flourishing is because you really do demonstrate a lot of love to yourself in that area. And it's not black or white. It's not really simple. You know, it's complex like life, but there are some parts of you that you love. Therefore you're going to go all out. You know, you love your intelligence. Therefore you work hard as a physician. You know, you love getting good results. That's why your technique is so good. You know, but when it comes to other things, you may not love yourself that much to give yourself the additional um, help that you need mm-hmm. or to give yourself, you know, the, the break that you need. I and, love that. You know, I love how you're phrasing this. This is like wisdom. This is so good. Keep going. <laughs> Those are just my thoughts. You know, I tell people all the time, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I know, but I but, love that you're that you're saying that, you know, it's, it's like there's certain ways that we give ourselves permission to right. support ourselves or ask for help. And then there's certain areas that we don't. And it's probably like you said, because we don't, we're, we don't accept ourselves the way we are. And I know like for myself, I am constantly struggling with my, my health and my body image, you know, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I have really had to 
tell myself, which has been, uh, I actually had a coach teach me this a couple weeks ago, which was so good. She said, okay, I want you to start saying this affirmation to yourself when you feel like you don't have the time to exercise, when you feel like you don't have the time to, to make healthy choices because it's selfish. She's like, I want you to switch your thinking and say to yourself that you love your, you love your body and therefore you care for it. And I was like, the first time I said it, I couldn't even say it without getting choked Mm -hmm. up because I realized Mm -hmm. I don't love my body and that's why I'm not caring for it. (laughs) So, so I've had to, I've had to say that to myself almost. I say it probably 20 times a day. Um, I don't know that I believe it a hundred percent yet, to be honest, but I'm getting there. I'm, I'm working on it, you know? Right. And that's what we all are. We're all a work in progress. And even getting to the point where, you know, I'm thinking about the me in medicine, that's a work in progress. It's not something that I've figured out. It's something mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about so that the rest of my years in medicine will reflect who the me is. You know, it'll reflect me in both the way I function with my patients, with my family, et cetera. You know, it, there'll, there'll be that balance. Um, it just takes time with anything else, like anything else. It takes time to figure out what is best, to figure out the why behind um, our decisions, and to adjust them. Um, and sometimes there's the little things that we don't recognize about ourselves that prevent us from taking some of these um, leaps of faith and the next steps that we should take. So how do you balance, like if someone were to look at you, you are, you know, drop dead gorgeous. You have a beautiful family. You have this handsome husband. You have, you know, you're, you're a very successful surgeon. You have a busy practice and you just look perfect. Now I'm your friend. So I know you're not perfect because you and I, you and I talk and we share and we're real with each Mm -hmm. other and you know the same about me, but Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, I mean, that's like what I love about you. What I love about you is, you know, you're, you're real. I, I would Mm -hmm. say that sometimes women are really afraid to be vulnerable and authentic Mm -hmm. and real with other women. Um, and I know there's probably listening. I know there's probably women listening that are thinking like, Mm -hmm. you know, well, Sabeel just has this perfect life and she's, you know, (laughs) she's very successful and she's beautiful and she's smart and she's all these things. But like, uh, how do you balance that? How do you balance being authentic about, yeah, this is, this is my journey of me and medicine. I'm still figuring it out. How do you balance Mm -hmm. that? You know, it's really hard to tell you the truth. Um, I think first and foremost, I've come to realize that nothing is perfect, you know? Um, and I, I see pictures and posts and, you know, all these other things too, just like you. And at that moment, it may appear to be perfect, but I mean, just think about every time you take a selfie, you take a picture and then 10 seconds later, you sit down and there's a roll and that, that picture is still perfect, <laughs> but, you, <laughs> but that moment is gone, you know? So if for a moment I could appear perfect, I am happy. <laughs> but God knows the other moments, it's anything but, um, but I think I, I just really work hard on loving myself. So I'm constantly trying to find ways to better myself. I'm constantly trying to find ways to um, 
to discover the undiscovered. You know, we all really think we know ourselves so well until we have um, challenges and we're tested. Um, and then we realize, hmm, you know, maybe I can think a little differently or maybe I should approach things in a different manner. Um, I remember when I was in um, surgical training, I, I mean, I loved to operate. The nurses would call me at night when I wasn't on call to tell me about the cases because they knew it was something that I would love. And I, I just loved it. And I would have never thought in a million years that I would do want to do anything other than operate. I didn't want to have children because I wanted to operate, you know, and I still love operating, but that shifted a little bit, you know, like my children mean so much more. Mm-hmm. And if I ever had to make the decision, it would be a no brainer. You know, of course I'm picking my kid. Right. But there was a point in time where when people would talk to me about children, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're going to throw away your career. You know, uh, yeah. like, why would yeah. you do that? You know, but I'm not that same person. You know, and I think we have to allow ourselves to grow. We have to allow ourselves to change our minds. Amen. It's okay to see to it's okay to see and become another person because of a different perspective. Yes. Um, Yes. And sometimes when sometimes people are afraid to shift, Mm -hmm. you know, because they've created this whole image of who they are and and the shift is not who they are. Right. But it's okay to shift. It's okay to change and it's okay to go back and, and forth. It doesn't mean that, you know, anything is wrong. It just means that, you know, there's another opportunity. And if it if it's growing you, then I say yes. I love it. I love it. If it's growing you, I say yes. I love this too, because it's permission to, to change. And so many times we become really successful at, at being something we're not. And because we find success in it, you know, I mean, seriously, this was me for years. Like I was really successful doing a lot of things that I actually didn't like doing, but because Mm -hmm. I was good at it and because I was successful, I just felt like I was on this hamster wheel and I couldn't get off. And, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard when you actually decide to do something that you actually enjoy, but you may not be as successful at at the beginning, you know? Right. So giving yourself right. that permission. I love that. Well, you have given us so many good pearls of wisdom and just, I love talking to you. You know, this, I could sit and talk to you forever. Um, <laughs> you're just an inspiration to me. And I know to so many women. And if someone wants to find out, if someone wants to come see you, if someone wants to follow you, if, how do we know about your practice and you, where can we find you? Um, so my practice is located in Atlanta. Um, I'm actually at Sandy Springs. Um, you can visit my website. That'll have the address and the phone number. The website is www.valplasticsurgery.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as Val Plastic Surgery, as well as Dr. Sabil Val. I love it. And for those of you that don't know, I get a lot of comments on my skin and how... <laughs> good my skin is. And let me tell you why, <laughs> because Seville has an amazing skincare line and she has hooked me up. She has hooked my sister up. She has hooked my mom up and we are all obsessed. So if you need a skin regimen, like a serious regimen, which I love that you give me like the menu, like check the box. I have it on my mirror. Um, you need, you need to check this out. Um, you need to, if you need some, like, if you don't know where to start, you're one of these people and you're like, okay, I know I need to do something with my skincare, but I don't know where to start. Uh, she will hook you up. So thank you so very much for being on the show and thank you for coming and sharing and being so open and vulnerable with us. And I'm just so glad you're my friend. 
Oh, I am so excited to have spent this time with you. I did want to mention one thing that you did comment on the um, skincare. So I often tell my patients that I don't sell them skincare simply to improve their skin. I sell them skincare for them to carve out five and ten minutes for themselves. And a lot of my patients will start with skincare and they'll, you know, talk to me about other things. But what I realize is during that time when they're sitting there, just them in front of their mirror, they're taking time to figure and discover who they are. And that 10 minutes, five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening turns into 30 minutes and then eventually an hour. And next thing you know, they're at Brave Enough. Oh, I love it. I love that. I love, love, love it. It's self-care. It's de-stressing. You're totally right. And you're, and it's about Mm -hmm. looking in the mirror and accepting who you are and loving yourself. I love all of this. Well, if you're listening today, I hope you were as encouraged as I was. And remember that it's a journey. It's a process that if there's areas of your life, as Dr. Val said, that you don't necessarily give yourself time for, maybe it's because you're not loving yourself in that area. Maybe it's because you're not extending grace to yourself. So remember to give grace and remember to live brave. This has been an HSG production.